Welcome everyone to the Cup of Coffee podcast with me, your host, Tom Dillon. This is being recorded live at our weekly online meeting and broadcast around the world. Today's topic is entry-level HMOs with the lovely Richard Daniels. Um, before we start, I'd like to say by way of a disclaimer that today is a wonderful discussion, but that nothing said here constitutes financial advice, and you should always take professional advice before investing in your hard-earned cash. There may be the odd unplanned swear word along the way as well. Um, the format for today is that Richard will speak to us for a slightly shorter time than usual, because it's uh, this is going to be a shorter uh, episode, um, uh, and, then, uh, and then we're going to have a little bit of time for questions at the end, so get those ready in your heads and stick them in the chat box. Um, Richard... Uh, Richard is a property investor with eight years experience and light and heavy refurbs to flip and also to hold. He currently owns buy-to-let and HMOs in London and Manchester. Richard has overseen a range of renovation projects from light refurbs to structural alterations and underpinning properties. Prior to property investing, he worked for over a decade in corporate public affairs. Um, there's a very strange and a slightly long-winded story about how me and Richard met, which has nothing to do with property and is hundreds of miles away from Manchester. But probably um, we shouldn't go into that because... Uh, because we're both getting legal trouble. No, because um, uh, because it's long and tedious. But Richard, how are you this morning? Yeah, awesome, Tom, and uh, great to um, be here and uh, join you on the podcast. Um, so I'll uh, kick off, if that's cool. Um, and as you said, it's uh, this is a case study, really. Uh, it's a deep dive into entry-level small HMOs. And my thinking behind this was, um, I know there's a range of investors um, in the group. Uh, some of them, this will be fairly bread and butter um, stuff too but for newbies or people thinking getting involved in HMOs hopefully this will give you a, a deep dive into all the issues we came across and some of the things that you need to be thinking about on your first project. Um, so what I'm going to do if this is um, good is share um, my screen with you. Um, so hopefully is this working now? Excellent. Um, so, kicking off, this is a HMO in Greater Manchester. It's actually in Eccles, Salford, which will be uh, known to uh, a lot of people. The project was the first project we did in a company with uh, a good friend and business partner of mine, Gideon. Um, and it was, uh, uh, we picked it up in 2018. So just before I kick off on the um, case study, just a few things to think about when you first get involved in property and if you're looking to go into HMOs particularly, think about how it's going to fit into your overall strategy. So HMOs could be high yielding assets, but they're also high maintenance and they take up a lot of management time. So do think about, is this the asset you want to get into? Do you want to build a portfolio and does that make sense for you? And is it going to contribute to your vision and what success looks like. Also, a little note to uh, entrepreneurial types like myself, be realistic on cost, income, and how long it will take. Um, I'm always a bit over-optimistic on this stuff, and inevitably project um, property projects will take a bit longer and normally cost a bit more than you'd uh, expected. And in terms of build, whether you're doing small stuff like this or big um, developments, there's a triangle of cost, time, and quality. And any build project, you can have two sides of the triangle. You're not going to get all three. So think about what you want to achieve. And, and a really important point as well, take a long-term view on property because it is a long-term play. And my last point is on the strategy side, execution is everything. It's about getting everything right. It's about deciding on the right strategy for yourself, um, finding the right area, finding the right project, 
buying for the right price from uh, a, uh, a keen price, executing the project properly, property, uh, properly, and then renting it out effectively. So the uh, HMO in question, it's a semi-detached period property in Eccles on Cannon Street. We bought it just prior to the Article 4 coming in, um, in November 2018, for 100K. Um, for those outside of Manchester, um, Eccles is uh, it's about 10 minutes from Media City. Uh, there's a tram stop there, so there's access to Media City in Manchester and also the Trafford Centre. So there's lots of jobs there. Um, it's a pretty competitive market, but there's demand as well. Um, the first stage is finding a viable uh, proposition. Um, so quick points, northwestern London, I've got... Uh, HMO in London, which is about four or three or four times the value of this, and it cash flows about the same amount. So, you know, if you're looking for a cash flow model, the Northwest is a sensible place to go. Really have a look at the market, spend time looking into, you know, whether you're looking at Liverpool, Manchester, or Leeds, have a real good look at the markets, and then really look at the local markets. So, Eccles does have a lot of demand, there is a lot of competition there. But, you know, there are tenants looking for places. So really understand. And I think a couple of tips which are really useful is perhaps look at the next door neighbour markets which are emerging um, and also compete on differentiation rather than price. So if you're going to go into a market with a lot of competition, make sure that your HMO is really going to stand out. And finally, do think about um, who your target market is. You know, we rent out to um, these sort of mid-20s uh, professionals. Um, they're great tenants to have, but think about where you're going and what that tenant market would want. Also, when you're buying, think about the layout and design. I'll come to that a bit more in a moment. But, you know, don't buy something that you find you can't really develop into what you wanted. And always buy, if you can, from motivated sellers. We originally got this under offer of about 128 but we found it needed underpinning and a bit of structural work. So we were pretty um, strong on price and the seller was happy to move quickly because we were buying with cash. So um, in terms of design and uh, a rather um, questionable sketch from me, which will probably amuse um, surveyors and architects, um, if when you're buying, one of the simplest ways to do a five bed HMO, which we've done here, is to put a kitchen in the middle on the ground floor, have two bedrooms each side and then three at the top. Just remember you need in about 10 meters squared, depending on your council for a double bedroom and ensuite bathrooms will be at least two uh, meters square plus. So think about the sizes when you're buying because there's no point in buying property and not being able to get all the rooms you need to make the deal stack up. In terms of cost of works, um, you're roughly looking for ensuite HMO full refurbs um, between 10 and 15K per room. So what does that mean? It means you're going to be paying 50 to about 75K for a refurb. Prices, I would say, have gone up. The projects we've got going on at the moment, I'm noticing a lot of the prices are a little bit more than we were paying a couple of years ago for a whole range of reasons. Um, but uh, fundamentally, 10K or at the lower end is going to be a builder's refurb, which I think is fine for a five-bed HMO. Anything more, you want to be probably getting more professionals involved. And if you're getting an architect or a surveyor or a project manager to oversee, you're going to be at the upper end of that. In terms of structural works, the underpinning we talked about, um, we spent just over 7K on the underpinning. Um, it, we had quotes up to 15K 
there's different ways you can do it. We went for piling, but you can get traditional, um, where they pour concrete um, uh, under the foundations to stabilize it. Um, but make sure you've got the prices right. We also replaced a small extension, which cost us 6K, but gave us a great bathroom with a bath. Um, other things to think about with HMO costs, it's 5% VAT, which is great. We got the stamp duty refunded on this. So as has been mentioned before, there's lots of companies who will chase HMRC to get a refund if you meet the criteria. So if it's got structural issues or it's not habitable, you can get your money back and you need, we pay about 20% for people to chase HMRC on that. So it's quite a bit of work. And also there's a load of other people that will be involved in the project, party wall surveyors, building control, planning if it's in an article four or we got a certificate of lawfulness for this and also um, HMO officers from the council. So there's a way, range of ways you can manage it. We um, I, we just got a builder in, um, but self-managed bits and pieces. Um, it, it keeps the cost down, but a couple of um, lessons I've learned on this one, definitely. You probably want to separate the electrics and the um, plumbing. You definitely want to have your own plumbers. I think my builder got a plumber in based on price and we've had a few leaps and bits and pieces ongoing you know they tend not to um always put inserts in the pipes they the waste sometimes leaks you've got you know leaking showers and I, I know this is not a problem that i've just encountered so my advice would be definitely have your own uh, plumbers in there because you'll save a lot of hassle afterwards dealing with silly uh problems um and issues and also building control is quite useful for keeping builders um feet to the flames uh, so just a few um, uh, pictures on uh, the project when it was underway uh, and the guys finishing off there. As I mentioned, we did the underpinning, which was to the rear of the um, property there. In terms of the final finish, um, it's a reasonably high-end finish for this. If, if you've got an architect doing back-to-brick kind of refurbs, it will be a touch higher-end. But we're, we're pretty pleased on the finish and we got it in for a pretty competitive price. A um, few bits and pieces. I really would get good carpets, get good furniture. You're going to have the furniture for a long time. You know, spend the money on it. It's really worth it. And tenants will appreciate that. And then a few bits and pieces that I learned along the way. Things like blackboard paint in the kitchen. People can write messages and it, it creates a little bit of a community for uh, tenants. Um, it's definitely worth putting things like tiles in bathrooms rather than cutting corners and keeping costs down. And I also think in terms of differentiation, because it's quite a competitive market, things like baths, you know, tenants love if they can have a bath rather than just um, a shower. So that always helps. Um, in terms of renting out, you can obviously get an agency to do it if you're going to get involved yourself or if you're thinking about the whole um, development. Remember, there's price and differentiation, so you can always drop price, but you don't really want to be in that market. You want to be looking at differentiation. It's a mixed marketing proposition. So do you want to give a week's rent free? Do you want to have Netflix? Keep the photos fresh. In terms of design on suites, I think are essential if you want to be getting good um, young professional tenants in. Wi-Fi, you definitely need. I won't go through the right to uh, the rent checks and all that stuff, but there's loads of stuff. If it's the first time you're doing it, just be aware there's lots of paperwork. Even if somebody else is running it, you need to provide EPCs. Um, electrics and gas certificates and all that stuff. So there is a lot of paperwork and regulation in the area. And then in terms of differentiation, 
we um in the early days a tenant came up to us with a dog i was a little bit nervous about letting pets in but it's turned to be an absolute winner for renting the property out um the uh toby and his owner have been there for uh, a year and they've extended the contract for another year and the last three tenants we've had have all said they chose to view the property because it had a dog and they wanted to have a dog around also with covid more people have bought pets so you really want to think as a landlord is that's going to be something that will help uh rent your property out and, and is that going to work so all in all um coming down to the numbers we um got a valuation and then valuation list of 240 um k and it was a 75% mortgage so purchase price was 100 all costs in uh, including fees was uh, 80k the valuation came out at 240 so they extended about 180 uh, credit to us um gross incomes 30 with net income uh, excluding management i should say is 16 so we did actually get all of our money excluding uh, interest which we charge uh, to the company out of the deal so just going into the rental income in detail, we got just over 30K gross rent for our first financial year, which was from December 2019 to November 2020. Occupancy dipped a little bit during the first six months of COVID, but it's picked up again. So it's fully rented out. So we're, I think we're running at 96% occupancy this year. As I said, we did have a few issues around the plumbing. So get a good plumber in and that cost uh, the maintenance uh, 2K. And on net profit, although I would say I've managed some of this during COVID because I've had a bit of spare time, um, we've got just under 12K um, for the for that financial year. So reasonably pleased with that. And I think that's probably fairly standard um, numbers for a five bed all en suite, <clears throat> excuse me, HMO. Um, mortgage, uh, we pay 453 a month. And then bills, um, you, you're looking at council tax about 1,500, gas and electric. Um, I've got a 1,800, it might be a bit less, but I've probably got to check some of the receipts on that. Water 350 and the Wi-Fi, which you need just over 500. And then so in concluding on this, Tom, what, I, what I'd say, um, and it might sound really obvious, but a lot of this stuff is once you've done it a few times, you know, when you get involved in any types of development, even small stuff like this, there's only three numbers you need it's your purchase price the cost of works and what your gdv or the final price is pick the right location spend a lot of time doing your research and be clear are you competing you know who's your tenant market and what are you competing on are you going to be top end are you going to compete on price where are you fitting in the marketplace you make the profit when you buy so you really do need to be finding motivate, motivated sellers if you can but it does take time um and then I'd also say manage your tenants well. It's really a service proposition, this. So you're dealing with customers um, and you really want to value your tenants. Can you get all your money out of these deals? Um, yeah, you can, but you need to find deals with problems. So you do need, I'd suggest, structural issues or stuff that other um, buyers don't really want to get involved with because they're going to take time, be a bit of a hassle. And as I said, on this execution is everything. You really need to look at the whole chain, the whole value chain. So you're finding the right markets to be going into, you're um, finding the right um, deal to, uh, to, be, to be buying, you're, you're executing the project management properly and then you're renting out and positioning the, um, 
the HMO uh, really well. So that's hopefully a whistle-stop tour around our project. Uh, Tom, uh, if people have got questions, absolutely great. Um, and if people want to have a bit of a longer conversation, really feel free to um, get in uh, contact and drop me a line. Thank you very much, Richard. Really interesting. Um uh to be honest that was better than i expected so well done and um uh but the main problem with that is that um i'm about to do one of these and i'm w worried that yours might be miles better than ours but uh that aside let's crack into some uh i've got a few questions but as you as richard said there if anyone's got any uh got any questions pop them in the chat and we'll get through as many as we can uh, in the minutes we've got so um uh, I just wanted to point out that for those in the podcast, the statutory sexy photos of any HMOK study were included, so you can you can rest easy. Uh, those were there, and they were they were looking great. Um, uh, Richard has gone for a sort of would, would you call that a sort of a, a dark brown sort of color scheme, or is that misleading? Uh, which bit? The bedroom. I was thinking. Oh, the bedroom. Um, I think we um, a, a mate uh, got his phone out and put some photo lens on it, so it's actually a lot. <laughs> it's a lot brighter blue, and the furniture's um, not not such a shady colour. Mm, well, <laughs> so, yeah. Like when I say out loud, dark brown doesn't sound great, but I'm not being like uh, nasty. It was, it was genuinely great photos, and, and like you say, maybe it wasn't dark brown in real life. Um, so, uh, well, let's start. Let's start there. Which is you mentioned three times that the, the idea of um, differentiate differentiation over price, and that was something that was really important to you, and I think it, it is important. Why is it important? And what do you mean by it? So, I mean, what I'd say for, and this is, I'm not saying this because um, I'm any business genius, but it's sort of hard learned lessons over the years. Um, you know, when you get into property, people often get into it because they want to leave work, they want to, you know, invest in their sort of some kind of form of pension, or th there's some vision behind it. Once you're in it, you need to be really thinking in terms of, you know, you're a business owner and you're providing a product to a marketplace. All you can compete on in business is price or differentiation. So you need to decide where you are. Um, I think generally people talk about you definitely want on um, on suites, which I agree with, and you definitely want to be going high end, and particularly in a market like Eccles, where there's a lot of competition. You know, tenants have got choice. So, my view is you want to go high end. If you can put bathrooms in, that's differentiation. If you're allowing pets in, I'd suggest that's differentiation, or certainly in my mind it is. So think about, you know, how can you compete with the market? There is a lot of competition in a lot of HMI markets. So. I hope that kind of answers the question and it's really to kind of nudge people to think about you're a business owner um you know start start thinking in that in that mindset interesting um you mentioned uh the, the triangle you can the two things you can three things you can have two of them run run that one by me again because it feels like an idea i might have to steal yeah so if you and, and this this is really for anything even if you're doing a, a million houses or something um you can have um quality price um or time so for example <clears throat> you can have a really high quality hmo that's done you know they can build it out in three or four months or something but it's gonna cost you a lot of money you can have a really cheap bill that's a high quality but it's going to take a lot of time or you can have a you know cheap build um which is a low quality but you know, i've got this form right it's gonna it's not going to be quick yeah. Maybe I got the last one wrong. I think that makes sense. But, um, you know, you can't have everything that you've got to decide if, if you want something done quickly at a high standard, you're going to have to pay builders good money to get in and out quickly. Um, and that's going to cost you. If you want to keep the cost down like we did, 
it took a bit longer because the builder's juggling a lot of different projects. So he's not going to prioritize yours every week. He's just going to keep, um, you know, chipping away there. That makes sense. Um, you said keep your electrics and plumbers separate. I, I pictured your, your electrician <laughs> and your plumber bound together. We're both working with a free hand. And I thought, well, no wonder this isn't working out. What, 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 what do you mean by that? Did you have one bloke doing both or something? Yeah, I mean, you know, you can definitely sort of pay project managers doing it. But if you're trying to keep price down and you're just getting a builder in, often builders are going to compete on price and they're going to get the cheapest plumbers and electricians in. So definitely on the plumbing, if you're just getting a builder in and you're doing some of the project management and design and some of the liaison stuff, which is what we did on this one, um, I'd definitely say keep the plumbing separate and pay them good money to do a good job because it's just a lot of messing around afterwards, um, <clears throat> excuse me, so solving silly little problems, which if they'd spent five minutes more doing the plumbing properly, you wouldn't have. So um, one of the lessons, which given I've done a few, fair few projects, I should have known, but um, I've never had plumbing problems really before. Uh, so, um, I'll do one more question from me and then um, and we'll get on to the ones from the chat. So, um not many HMOs with pets. That's quite an interesting idea. Uh, first of all, it looked to me like Toby was, he seemed like a friendly dog, but also the kind of dog that was going to kill me in the night. Uh, so um, I don't know if anyone else is getting that vibe uh, from the photo. So uh, have, have you had any, have you had any negative responses or has it been overwhelmingly positive? No, it's been overwhelmingly positive. I should point out he's professionally trained. So he's absolutely amazing, amazing dog. Um, I mean, I was quite nervous about laying a dog into an HMO in the first place because you can think of all the problems that are going to mount up of dogs barking in the middle of the night and tenants leaving. Um, but it's turned out to be the absolute opposite. Um, so I would say get a well-trained dog who's got a great owner who, you know, manages them properly. I'm not, you know, I, th I think you've got to be a bit careful, but it's literally the last three tenants specifically said we're moving in because there's a dog and, um, you know, we want a dog in the house interesting one of my tenants has got a, a single that has got a got a third of a ton of pig vietnamese pork belly in the back garden um maybe i should try sticking that hmo seeing how that goes well then again maybe not let's uh crack on a couple of questions here from from answers to listeners questions neil asks um it looked like the property had a basement room what did you do with the basement um yeah it's, it's a good point we did nothing which i think moving forward i'd definitely develop out all the space um and i think it was probably because it was the first project i've done with my mate gideon on this one so we kind of wanted to move it on quickly um but i think yeah if i went back in time i'd probably develop it out yeah great stuff um and chris asks uh, great presentation do you outsource the hmo lettings management um, so when we started, we did, I was actually working in London, um, it was before COVID, um, uh, and was busy. So, uh, yeah, it was essentially outsourced. Um, uh, but then one of, one of my roles sort of ended at COVID. So I was, came back up to Manchester and had a few days spare a week. So I thought I might as well manage it because otherwise I'm just paying somebody and I'm sitting around at home. So I think that's, um, allowed it to be a bit more competitive on the management fees but I, you know i still charge the business for doing that okay. um so does that answer the question yeah i think so um let's go for yes um uh, last one for me because i found it interesting and then we'll wrap up uh, showers versus baths am i right thinking first of all these rooms are on suites all of them yeah 
So, okay, that's interesting. Then, then the bath is is, is the shared bathroom, I'm guessing, and and that's kind of then. No, option. no. Um, so it's it's an ensuite um, With bathroom. It's just got a bath in rather than a shower. And a lot of people have okay. said, you know, over the we've only got one in the house, but a lot of people have said that. So we're doing a six potentially ten bed HMO at the moment, and I've tried to cram as many baths as I can get in there, just because I think it seems to be something that the market's demanding. I mean, you know, I might find out that's not true, but. Certainly the feedback I've got on this one is the case. Okay, excellent stuff. Um, well, thank you, Richard. That was that was great. And all this this uh, uh, short pod and case study has been, you know, we, we decided to call it the entry-level HMO. I'm not sure it is. It sounds sounds great to me. And um, it's one of the very rare golden unicorns of, um, of of getting all your money out. Like you say, there's extenuating circumstances to that. But I don't know about anybody else, but I found that um, interesting and in, inspiring. You know, it's it's a, it's, a, it's a decent amount of money to be making every year with uh, with no money. And so if anyone's interested in um, in that or find out more or working with Richard, then do drop him a line. And I will, of course, post his uh, contact details with this podcast. Uh, thanks to Richard. Um, and uh, uh, well, tune in very shortly when, um, uh, when uh, me and Chris will be speaking about another case study.